Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. It is the Full Court Press. Happy Friday to you, one and all. December 4th, 401, your kickoff time here on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. 106.9 The Fan mobile app and 106.9thefan.com website if you're streaming. Whichever and however you're joining us, thank you for doing so here on a Friday evening. A lot to get to. High school basketball continues its way through tonight. Sorry, you lost me when you said Friday. My mind just started spinning on all the wonderful things to look forward to. So I, I Being gotta... done with a work week. <laughs> so you just told me how behind you are. So does that mean now, like, after this show, you're just taking it the, the weekend off? You're like, you know what? I'm done. I am out of here. I am walking out, and I am leaving. How does Michael Scott say it? <laughs> I can't remember how he says it. I'm, like, walking out with, you know, leaving my problems behind or something like that. Or I'm on a runaway train. That's what he says. I really wish I could say yes to that. Sadly, no. You probably are. I'll be like, hey, did you get this done? No, I got home. Just got busy. Doing what? Playing Nerf guns with my kids. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, if you want to text in and be a part of the show, a lot to get to today. And I'm always happy to have you. 435-494-993. What? Who are you calling? Who are you? <laughs> Is that your secret that friend was, on that, the weekend? That, that was Eric's number. <laughs> I just gave everybody Eric's number. No, thankfully, right. no. Text into Eric. They're right there. Uh, what is our number? 435-339-0321. There Look you go. There's a legend, Craig Hislop. Uh, 435-339-0321. <laughs> uh, to text into our show. Uh, Aggies fall to Air Force 35-7. Things started out great and then ended horribly wrong. Uh, there's a lot of... You know, things to point at, including some just horrific officiating throughout the night. Uh, horrible officiating, I, I should say. 5338 nailed it with Thor's hammer. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, let's see here. What, in fact, what was the score he predicted? I'll have to look this up. Uh, 30. Oh, man. So, in our predictions yesterday... I had them all written down. I think it must have... 5338? Throwing it away somewhere. Yeah, you probably did. Uh, we five, had some that were closer than we would like to admit. So, 5338 five, said 3814. Dude, he was about on the button. Uh, 9310 said 3813. Anybody else? 9310 said 3813. I just, Falcons. I just said Did that. Did you say that one? Are you okay? No. You <laughs> are out of it. Uh, thirty-seven seventeen for Air Force One said uh, that was three eight eight six five seven six three twenty four twenty one three five one three forty two twenty eight uh five eight seven nine twenty four twenty one. That was my guess too, and unfortunately we were both wrong. Uh, Ags by three from two nine six five. Forty-two twenty-seven from six eight nine one twenty-six seventeen from two four one seven thirteen ten from two seven eight seven. Your final score from Maverick Stadium last night: Air Force thirty-five, Utah State seven. 
Uh, Ags led uh, on a nice drive, taking about eight minutes off the clock, 15 plays, 65 yards. Uh, 804 to be exact, to take a 7 nothing lead, and from there it was all Air Force, uh, who scored 35 unanswered points. And again, Eric, when I look at this game, I just feel like there's a lot of things to pinpoint, and I don't want to be that guy, but I'm going to be that guy, that the drop pass that was called a catch on 4th and 3, in which the ensuing play after that turned into be a touchdown on uh, on an around handoff the near the far side of the sideline, like really just took everything out of Utah State. You get a stop. The refs don't call it as a stop. They are. Uh, I don't know why. I mean, I've never. I've seen J.R. Smith play while having weed in his system. I've never seen a referee ref a game with weed in their system, and they were. Oh, okay. now come on now. That's a strong <laughs> accusation. But there were a lot of. Strange calls and and spots in that game. It's Every- weird how fast the first half went. Like yeah. it went like lightning, and then the second and then half. You all like, got oh, on no, Twitter. We better make up for it. You all got on Twitter like, oh, this game's going by fast. We're gonna throw like ten penalties within the first two drives. Uh, <laughs> I did not understand the uh, that there was it was not reviewed on that catch. Um, why they did review some things seemed a bit of a mystery. But you know what? I, I get the frustration. I, I get the outrage by Aggie fans. But look, that call happened on their opening drive. There was so much more football to be played. Yeah, but after Eric, that. So, when you're 1-5... Yeah, do you need every little thing to go your you, way? When you're 1-5, yes. If you're a decent team... You they're can not have, a decent you team. You can overcome adversity. No, they're not a decent team. They're this, one in five. So Eric. this team cannot overcome any adversity whatsoever. Correct. If so we need to make some all six games. Then we need to have some serious talks about changes and that uh, which need they to are. continue to happen. Which they are. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like I mean, it's not a decent football team. It's a bad football team. And as eight seven nine eight says, the biggest problem with last night's game was that the Aggie defense had no answer for the pitch man. Yes. Amen. And it was never adjusted. They, they could not make the adjustments for it. Oh, the, the pitch man was consistently unguarded, and by the time he got the ball, he had six yards of open grass. Uh, let's go through a few team numbers really quickly. Last year at Air Force, Utah State was dominated in time of possession. This one's a little bit closer, but still not good enough. 34-54 for, excuse me, 34-54 for Air Force, 25-06 for the Utah State Aggies. Uh, to do rushing, uh, let's see, first downs was 24-14 for Air Force. They had 17 on the ground, 6 through passing, 1 via penalty. Total offense, uh, it was 461 to 232 for Air Force. They ran 64 plays to Utah State's 58. Um, penalties were horrible. In fact, throughout the first half, Air Force had no penalties. At that time, Utah State had four for 45. Ending, Air Force had six penalties for 67 yards. And Utah State had six for 65. That is just strange. That's weird. Uh, let's see here. Well, you know, against a team like Air Force, you can't have personal fouls. You can't have unsportsmanlike conduct. Yeah. You can't have pass interference. When you gift them extra yards or end up putting yourself back 
You're right. It has to be near perfect, mistake free. Um, but you know, good teams can overcome adversity in the course of a game, on a questionable call or uh, a penalty that sets you back. The other team gets an explosive that kind of surprises you from a player that you weren't expecting. But again, this, this isn't team, a good team. This team struggled, and I, you know what. I have to tamper my, um, my 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 criticism of Utah State's defense a little bit with the fact that there are a lot of young players on that defense right now, inexperienced guys, but they were consistently out of position. I understand Air Force is a different system. It's unique. You don't face it every day, but they were always chasing from behind. Some of the key defensive guys for Utah State who have seen this Air Force style for several years now were out of position so many times. It was frustrating. Third down conversions was 5 of 10 for Air Force, 9 of 14 uh, for Utah State. And that's a positive. Yeah. Here's a biggie. Fourth down conversions. Utah State was 0 of 2. Air Force was 3 of 4. 3 of 4 from on fourth down conversions. Peasley finishes... Uh, on the rushing side, eight carries for 66 yards. He lost 13. He had no touchdowns on, on the ground. Through the year, he was 17-32 to 32 for 123. One touchdown. His longest pass completion was of 15 yards. He was sacked twice. On the other side, uh, Remsburg, the running back, 11 carries, 107 yards for a touchdown. Brad Roberts had 15 carries for 98 yards and a touchdown. Hazik Daniels, her quarterback, had seven carries for 57 and a, and a TD. Uh, Elijah Robinson had nine carries for 38 yards. They had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight guys carry the ball multiple times. And Ezekiel Daniels finishes seven to nine for 127 yards for one touchdown. Like, let that sing into you. Peasley threw the ball 23 more times and completed it for four yards less. Holy crap, Eric. Yeah, I, I think this was kind of a coming-down-to-earth moment for Andrew Peasley. The Air Force significantly more disciplined, significantly uh, better understanding what who they are, what they're trying to do as a defense compared as compared to New Mexico. Um, it didn't help that Savon Scarver wasn't there. Would have been another target for him to throw to, a speedster. In different situations, um, but I'll—I'll I'll be honest. I'll eat crow on this. Uh, John Russell and I were talking about keys, and I said, "Look, just this team, Air Force, doesn't throw the ball hardly at all. Sell out on the run, um, and just put your uh, put some trust in your secondary out there to do the best that they can if they yeah, do decide to throw it. That's because they don't have yeah. wide receivers. They don't have guys that can stretch like we've seen in the past. Boy, was that a Mistake. No, and that you, secondary so, could not deal with nah, their. Shaq Bond got blown by a couple times. Uh, Mar- who was it? Uh, Marion. What was his name? The defensive back that came and replaced, I think Andre Grayson Jr. And I can't remember his name for the life of me. Uh, was I mean they picked on him all night long. All night long they went after him. Uh, I'm gonna make sure I got his name right though. I don't want to screw this up. I don't have it. Anyways, oh, yeah, Marion. Yeah, it was Luke Marion. He was a starting safety. And he was starting safety. And in the second half, they said, you know what? Forget it. And so they brought in uh, 
Jai Carter? Is that his name? Is I Jai? I so. uh, Johnny. Yes, thank you. And, and well, and Tatum was available in the second, second half, and he half, wasn't yeah. in the first. Uh, but anyways, they're playing like five, six yards off the line of scrimmage, and Zeke wasn't throwing any further than twenty. I mean, he was he was just finding his tight end. He was getting rid of the ball quickly. He was hurting since early in the game. He was in a lot of pain. Uh, was kept flexing his right shoulder, uh, the right side of his body. Um, and I mean, you watch him on the pitch, he would just get rid of it. Like he was, he was not even chancing it and taking a hit either. Uh, you can see how much pain he was in, but they just, they couldn't stop. And and by the way, credit to Air Force, Eric, they were a great blocking team. There's one play, uh, they have the slot receiver come in as soon as the ball snapped and he takes out. I don't know if it was Nick Henniger or if it was a defensive back, but just clocks him. I mean, it's a designed uh, crack block. And it and, <laughs> and I believe uh, Robertson gets like 9 or 10 out of it on uh, on a second and five. But I mean, they just, I mean, it's just as soon as the ball snap, here comes the crack block. And, you, and there's that, it just opens up a gap for Roberts. And they threw that play maybe five or six times, and Utah State couldn't stop it. It was just really great execution on Air Force, too, and I want to make sure I give credit to them. Well, Air Force is a great example of, look, we're we're only going to do a few things, and we're going to know how to do them really well. Yeah, there you go. And we've been hearing from Utah State coaching staff that, hey, we need to simplify things, let's get better at our execution, and then if we're, when we get there, then we can start to add more to it. And we thought, okay, maybe you know this New Mexico outcome looked like it was working, and Maybe they're on a path, but uh, Air Force is just a different animal. <laughs> yeah, that's no, that's a great way to put it. Uh, I'm looking. I'm gonna make sure I got this right, though. All right, there we go. Uh, drives ended like this for Air Force: touchdown, 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 and a half. Eric, they didn't pout once in the first half. But yeah, had three drives, and that's it in the first half, and they scored on all three scored drives. Every, yeah, as soon as Utah State did not uh, score on a possession, especially the, near the end of the the first half, for me, game was over at that point. Yeah, great point, Eric. And in fact, it took up six nine. It took up thirteen minutes in those three drives. The second half, punt, touchdown, touchdown, turnover on downs, end of game. And then the second half, first two drives took 10 minutes. No, excuse me. Took 12 minutes and then 18, let's see, yeah, 25, 26 minutes. I mean, they just chewed up so much clock. On the other side, Utah State, touchdown, punt, punt, interception, downs, punt, interception, downs. It's just not going to get it done for you. What? Uh, what? Okay, several things that were really frustrating about the game. Okay, one the the total inability to make adjustments on the pitch. Yes, and yeah. second, you're at midfield, you're down, and it's fourth and short, and you still up. Oh to my punt. gosh, go for, yeah, go, go for, for it. it! Because did Air Force call a timeout too? Air Force called a timeout because they wanted to review it or something like that. Yeah, I don't. 
And go then, for it. Give your guys the chance. And so you you, go, and you're so not you got the guys coming back. What are you doing? Yeah. If they get the ball, they're going to drive and score. If you don't convert on this, they're going to drive and score. But if you do, you're going to at least get some points. If you convert, at least you get a chance to get some points on the board yeah. and get back in this game. And what's going to hurt you if you don't get it? What? They're going to have short field? That, that, is that, I mean, that's the only problem you're going to get out of this. Go for it on They went 99 inches. yards. I mean, we're all plotting. Hey, great punt there by Katsanli uh, or Katsanli, yeah. however you pronounce his name. Turns great out. down in that inside the one. <laughs> they, yeah, they covered that yardage in a what about six minutes? <laughs> Doesn't matter. Does not matter. I, and I got to be honest, I was I wasn't laughing, but I just like we punt it and and, and actually credit to Katsanli on the punt because he muffed it, turned around and then got rid of it and still got it down inside the one yard line. And then all of a sudden, Air Force is like, oh, well, great. Now we get chew up some clock while taking yards. And my goodness, did they ever. That drive was impressive. In fact, that drive, Eric, if I look at it right, I'm going to make sure I have the right one. Eight plays, 99 yards. Eric, it took three minutes and 33 seconds to go 99 yards. That's, that's not bad. That's pretty good. I mean, they had some pretty big plays in there that help make that happen. Well, and uh, they found the tight end a couple of times on those plays. Like, it's just, man, it, when it rains, it pours sometimes. And it did for the Aggies. Um, again, final score, 35-7. Aggies now get ready for Colorado State for the final game of the season. Next Saturday night, that's at 7.30. So pregame will be 6.30 with your sister station, Al Lewis, Craig Hislip on the call, and Eric Franson. Not to make you an afterthought, sorry there. Um, and then post game with Ryan Bohm and and Al Lewis, and uh, I believe you were on there as well. So, yeah, tough. I mean, it's tough. One and five on the season. Uh, Colorado State is not a gimme by any means of the stretch. Plus, you're in Colorado State. Uh, I did I say Colorado City? I mean, sorry, Colorado State um, is not a gimme in any ways. The Rams are a good football team, uh, and they'll, they'll be ready to go. They'll be ready to go for this squad. And uh, Aggies will have a couple uh, days to rest and heal up and then Get ready again for the final game of the season. They will not be in a bowl game, I would strongly imagine, nearly guarantee. Utah State? Yeah. They're not going bowling. Yeah. Uh, Not enough bowls Bowl games are getting canceled. They only want sure things. Yeah. Utah State's not a sure thing. Not even close, are they? There's a lot of other options out there, sadly. Yeah, Yeah, great options, too. Uh, And then that's, yeah, with all due respect to Utah State. But, Eric, the good thing now comes to be is the head coaching search. Which will is is still going on nine three one five. Oh yeah. Uh, what is with the fourth and inches? Why would you punt the ball? I, you know, and Eric Eric brought that up. It's a great question that we all would like to know. Uh, why we punted on fourth and inches, and especially when Calhoun called the timeout, like just go go for it. I mean, give yourself a chance to at least put some points on the board and end on a high note, or at least have a high note in this rough game, and they decide to go ahead and kick it and <laughs> gets down inside the one-yard line then gets taken 99 yards back the other way in three minutes and 33 seconds. That was impressive. That that I was really impressive. Let me. I know we got to hit a timeout here, but let me throw this out there. Okay. Um, last week we said one game a trend does not make, but we were all very enthusiastic about the trajectory of the team how things were improving. We've got another game under our belts now. How do we feel about the trajectory 
of the team. How do we feel about Frank Miley and his staff and how they're doing? Does, this, does yesterday's outcome change that trajectory? Does it knock it down a little bit, but it's still moving in the right direction? Does it put it in full reverse? Does it stop it and just put it on hold? Because uh, the, the reactions over the last week were very enthusiastic. Uh, so I just, I'm not trying to persuade one way or the other. I'm just genuinely curious. Does Thursday, How does Thursday's game affect your attitude? about you know, this, this current coaching staff. I'd love to get that, those responses too. 435-339-0321. That's or, a great question. Or messages directly through the uh, the 106.9 The Fan mobile app. That's a great, great question. Uh, again, 435-339-0321. Repeat that question one more time. Let's go to break. So my question is, last week, a lot of enthusiasm about the trajectory of the Utah State football program under the direction of Frank Miley as its head coach. After last night's game, how has that changed? Has it changed at all? A lot? A little? Nothing? Full reverse? Uh, Genuinely curious. How have your feelings and attitudes changed, if at all, about uh, Utah State football under Frank Miley after last night's loss? Let's go to break. And coming back, we'll talk more. Actually, Eric, let's get into that. The coaching staff situation. Now we have one game left. Um, you know, where do we sit with Frank Miley and what are the, some of the coaches you would like to maybe realistic, <laughs> realistically see here uh, at Utah State uh, as Hartwell continues his search and hopefully we'll have an announcement of a coach by December 15th. That was his goal uh, and he's still continually working hard at trying to uh, find the guy who will lead Utah State Aggie football in the future. It's all coming up on the Full Court Press on 106.9 The Fan. The Aggies, the Jazz, the High Schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. It is the Full Court Press, Eric France and Ajay Salveson, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, 106.9 The Fan mobile app and 106.9thefan.com. However and wherever you're joining us from, we thank you for doing so and hope you're having a wonderful Friday. As we get ready for Utah State men's basketball, they get ready to take on the Cougars without Coach Craig Smith, who tested positive twice. He tested on Monday, was positive, tested again, was positive, and that's when they announced it. Uh, He says he's feeling great. He had a lot of energy today, was more than happy to talk. Uh, and now, uh, in fact, will be out for BYU game. Said he will more than likely be out for the uh, College of Idaho game, which is on Tuesday night. Oh, oh AJ no. was prophetic. <laughs> Don't stop that. You're you're clairvoyant. You're like you ever heard of the secret? Like you think it and you you speak it, it into I hate, existence. I hate you like so it's much. going to happen if you believe it enough. <laughs> AJ pulled the he, he pulled it off, man. <laughs> Haggies play. Col- Nobody knew about some Tuesday game, and AJ speaks it into existence. It's amazing. <laughs> College of Idaho is coming to the spectrum on Tuesday night, seven I need, o'clock. I need you to speak into existence. Eric's going to get a million dollars. Isn't that your salary right now? <laughs> <laughs> Eric, you asked. Uh, by the way, and then the Aggies are playing against Weber State next Saturday. That game will be televised on KJAZ and is a 2 o'clock start. 
Wow. Somewhere where people can actually see and follow the game. So, yeah, is KJAZ like on all, like, is that easy to find? Yeah, I know TV has it, but every, all systems are everything. Yeah, right. and Good. I believe it's even over the air podcast, too. If you don't have awesome. a, you put up your digital antenna and you can pick it up. From That's what awesome. I understand, don't quote me on that. Yeah. Well, uh, in fact, tomorrow's game, I, uh, I've i heard that they're streaming. Um, I've heard Facebook Live for a BYU-Utah State game that's knocked me on national television. Uh, I don't know about K-Jazz. I know there's talk about it, but I don't know if it ever got through. So, here we are. Uh, Eric, you asked a wonderful question to go into break, and we've had some great answers. We're going to get to these answers in just moments. Eric, will you ask the question one more time, and then let's get through these text messages. Yeah, so my question got. was that there was a lot of enthusiasm about the trajectory of the of this football program after beating New Mexico. And part of it was based on how things were also happening against Fresno State, even though that was in a loss. Now Utah State faced you know Air Force last night, and it was frustrating. Um, the defense did not play well. The offense had a good opening drive, but couldn't find the end zone after that. So the question was, has your enthusiasm changed? Uh, and if so, by how much? Either positive, negative, just full stop. How do you feel now um, about the, this football team under the direction of Frank Miley? Here are some of the messages we've got so far. If you want to text in, we always love hearing from you. 435-339-0321. says, so disappointed about so many things about this season. Best thing is this season is almost over. Last time the program was this low, it took a decade or more to recover. I live a mile away from the stadium, and I can't hear a clear radio broadcast. Was this the 80s doing? Eric, I'm going to let you take that one. Uh, He needs to go. Why is the basketball game tomorrow not on TV? How much money are they losing on that deal? BYU-Utah State not on TV. Sorry about the rant. I'm just voicing the frustrations of several other people. Eric, I'm going to let you take the first half, and then I'll just jump to the bottom half. Is that okay? <laughs> uh, I I can't speak to that. I mean, that. That's that's somebody else's decision. I know that we wanted to have the games in our group of stations, and the decision was made before we had an opportunity to get that chance. I'll just leave it at that. Uh, in regards to the TV, I agree with you. I, I I'm frustrated. Look, and and someone sent out a stupid tweet. Well, Utah State's one and two. Why would you broadcast it? Hey, you moron. It's BYU and Utah State. Like, why would you broadcast that game? So, Al and I were talking about this last night off the air. Our thought was that there's probably the the networks are so jammed up trying to get all these football games in, just there weren't really any windows. Because there's still a lot of football still happening. But there's like, can you put it like an ESPN 360 or... I get it. ESPNU? The other hand, though, Utah State in, in, with the Mountain West does not have an agreement with ESPN. It's Fox Sports or CBS Sports Network. I'll figure it out, though. I mean, but like KJAZ, AT&T Sportsnet, are, yeah. are they not secondary or, or tertiary rights Nothing. holders? Can't you figure something out there? Uh, that that really surprised me that it took so long to announce the kick time or excuse me, the tip tip off time, and that there's no significant television partner for this. That Really surprised me. 6294 says, here, here, reception is crap for Aggie games. Uh, 
Yeah, I, I've been told that it is not very good. Uh, I've been told by a lot of people. I've been messaged by a lot of people. Because uh, I work for the other side. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that on there. Uh, but I do, and I hear from you guys, and I understand. And um, It's not your decision. Yeah, I don't make the... I don't, And yeah, it's way above my pay grade. Extremely above my pay grade. And so, uh, if you have any complaints, if you have any questions or concerns... Please turn your attention towards uh, Mr. John Hartwell uh, and and that crew up there, uh, and voice your concerns. Or I, even President Noel Cockett. Yeah, I can't do anything there. I'm my I'm cuffed, so I apologize. But yeah, that's probably the best way to go is to, is to go to Utah State and to voice your concerns and questions and uh, frustrations about that. Uh, turn it back to the original question uh, that Eric asked eight seven nine eight text in and says love Coach Frank. Couldn't ask for a better person, but no matter what has happened this year, Hartwell will clean house. Just like he did with the basketball program a couple years ago, of course, after Durier, it's time for a complete overhaul. And and that's a great question. In fact, I'll get, I want to get back to that here in just a sec. So 8798, hold on. I want to go back to that. 9315, still excited about the team. I saw some things I really like. Still some things to work out, like fourth and inches, but I think if it's a normal year, that Frank might do a better job even if he doesn't get the head coaching gig. I hope he gets to stay on as the head assistant coach. Now, I, th- what kind of prompted this this question for me was something that I saw on social media last night okay. on, on Twitter. Yeah, Somebody that I follow, respect, he's done some stuff for us before, he's, he's solid. And he said, um, saw some positive things. And I'm like, really? <laughs> he said, I don't know if you've ever... Supposed to be encouraged by a thirty-five to seven loss, but I am. So I, you got to ex- explain. So he said, Peasley made some good throws, and his mistakes were mostly youthful decisions that can be coached out. Nine and fourteen on third down is a solid mark, and I place a lot of the defense's issues on a poor scheme. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Uh, in regards of if Coach Miley would stay on with a different head coach, I will say he won't. Well, look, this—he's this would have been his second opportunity to get yeah. the job, and if he got gets passed over for the second time, I, I can't blame him yeah. for saying, you know, uh, you've made it clear where I stand. Uh, I want if if it is the fact that he wants to be a head coach, you know, he probably does need to go somewhere else. But even then, this—if he doesn't end up getting the in the job, which I'm not saying he's not, because this hasn't been announced or decided officially, then. Uh, basically, the if he doesn't get it, the administration is saying we just don't feel that you're 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 our guy, and I would hold no ill will towards Frank Miley with saying, okay, I'm going to go somewhere where I will go be the somewhere guy. else. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, from what I've, uh, yeah, Coach Frank will not be sticking around if he is not the head coach of the football team um, for the upcoming season. Uh, let's see here. And then I want to go back to 8798's text. Um, no matter what has happened this year, Hartwell will clean house. Uh, just like he did with the basketball program, it's time for a complete overhaul. Oh, boy, 6891 texted in, says the Aggies let me down. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think just the, I think the, they got worn down so quickly and I didn't see that. I thought, I, I thought they would punch back keep fighting for a little bit longer, and it just feels like by the third quarter, they were just, it was over. Yeah. I mean, it was done. I mean, that 99-yard drive to almost close out the first half just really did them in and took all the air out of the sails for them. And 
yeah, I just I didn't see any fight, or at least a lot of fight in the second half, and I'm with you on that one. Hey, in regards to cleaning house, um, would you would you take out the entire staff and just I mean, and when I say entire staff, I'm talking director of operations. I'm talking, I mean, everybody part of the staff clean it. Excuse me, clean it out and redo everything. New new people, new staff. New motto, new theme, new era. Or do you leave a couple of sprinklings here and there to keep some familiarity? So my, I am always a fan of trying to have something that that continues on because uh, you, you're going to need somebody who understands the missionary program, somebody who understands the in-state recruiting, somebody who understands... Yep. Polynesian area. I mean, just because we are big with Polynesians. Right. And and that's not to say that whomever it is that comes in may not be already well-versed in those things. Yeah. But somebody who you can provide some continuity, who understands the, the players that are all currently on, on the roster and that are here. So there's some connection. Um, I it, I always hesitate to, to weigh in too much on these discussions because these are people's jobs that are on the line here. And their families, and they have to move all over. At the same time, I understand that's what you sign up for when you get into that business. So it's it's just part of the that career. Um, but to say you know, wholesale changes are in order, I, I don't know how anyone can say that because you don't know who the head coach is going to be and what they want to do. They may want to just bring in a few people. They may interview the staff and say, you know, I really like this guy, and I've known him from before. And I want him on my staff. Uh, this person really connects with for these reasons in these recruiting territories, and I really want him on my staff. There's always, whenever a new coach comes in, he's always going to bring in people he knows and has connections with. So there will be turnover. It's a definitive fact. I don't know. I can't say that I've ever heard of a head coach coming somewhere and everybody else stays. It's just the head coach changes. I've never, ever heard of that. Sometimes the, the assistants go with the head yeah. coach wherever he goes, but you know if it's a somebody getting fired, that could be a different story. They're not advancing somewhere else. But I, you know what? I, ideally, I'd like to see some continuity. I think that always helps a program when there's continuity somewhere within the program, even if it's not somebody being promoted from within to be the head coach. But. Same time, you know, if it's somebody that's going to come in and they believe they can raise it to another level with the connections they have and the people they know, that's what's going to happen. That head coach is going to have the say. He's going to have the authority. Uh, that's have to. Speaking of head coach, uh, we are closing in on the date of December 15th. We are 11 days away from that. Uh, rumor has it that, I mean, it could be, you know, the, the goal is still December 15th. It could be before that as well. Um, I, after watching kind of whether I love the offense that I see with Peasley, that it's more balanced. It isn't run and gun, let it air raid kind of offense, you know, for all, every single drive. I love the balance of having a, a running attack that can be productive and a passing attack as long as you have the right quarterback and the good receivers. That can help you out. And I don't know if an air raid kind of guy w- would do that. I know a scoop, an old 
you know, a guy like Skip Holtz, I don't know if he would fit into that system, but Frank Miley, I love his running game style. Uh, Graham Harrell's a name I've, I've heard a little bit every now and then, but Graham Harrell, I, he's at USC right now, right? Is it like an OC or something? I mean, he was an air raid guy, and I'm not sure if that would fit our system. David Yost was an air raid guy. It worked great. Did it though? When you have the right personnel, yeah. it works great. That doesn't have to be like the perfect. But you have to though? have the right people that are calling the plays and understanding what's happening in the right quarterback. I don't think that. Um, gosh, now his name is slipping my mind. The offensive coordinator last year. Uh oh! You got to be kidding. <laughs> who left to go to Minnesota? Oh, Mike Sanford Jr. Sanford. I don't think he fully understood those concepts. Or maybe he didn't like those concepts, and so it just never really fit what he wanted to do, what Gary Anderson wanted done, and who Jordan Love was. So it just never really all aligned like it did with Matt Wells, David Yost, and Jordan Love. 2197, speak of the devil. I hope you guys like the air raid. <laughs> uh Well, I, I know that yeah. John Hartwell said he wants to go to an, an offense that's more explosive. He wanted somebody who offensively would, uh, whether they're defensive-minded or offensive-minded head coach, doesn't matter, but whomever they bring with them to have that kind of a philosophy where there can be an explosive and exciting offense, that was a high priority for John Hartwell when he talked about uh, all of this uh, about a month ago. So if we look at an air raid type offense, obviously Skip, Lutz, or Skip Holtz, sorry, I think Lou Holtz there, uh, Skip Holtz is obviously I don't think would fit that band, so he's probably out of the mix. Um, Graham Harrell obviously would be a great fit then. If it is an air raid type guy, Graham Harrell's a great fit. Uh, he played at Texas Tech. He was part of that incredible Mike Leach offensive powerhouse that put up points at a premium. Uh, he has been with, let's see, he's been a coach at Oklahoma State, Washington State, North Texas, and now is at USC as the offensive coordinator and quarterback's coach. I think Graham Harrell would be a good fit. Uh, I think, man. There, I mean, there's names bouncing around everywhere. So, I mean, you can look at everybody. But, again, if you're going to find an air raid kind of guy, if that's, I mean, if he is looking for an explosive offense, Graham's a good fit. But I don't know. I just, I love the balance attack that we had. I mean, I know it wasn't effective this year. But, you know, it was nice to be able to chew some time up, let the defense rest a little bit. But. Yeah, it's got to be – you, you got to give yourself chances to win games. Yeah. Bottom line. Not, uh, sorry, 9463 texted in. This coaching search is where BYU has a leg up on both Utah State and Utah as well. When crap hits the fan and the program needs a reboot, BYU has an incredible web of former alumni and connections, while USU has never had that sort of web. It feels like it's all on Hartwell's shoulders, where at BYU it felt like it was everyone working together. And I think with this, and, and again, this is just, I mean, gospel according to AJ, so take it for what it's worth. But I feel like the first time, or excuse me, this, this, this last hire, everybody was shoving Anderson down Hartwell's throat. That's all he kept hearing. That's all he kept having. That's all he kept being told. And this time, he finally gets, well, he gets to make the decision and the and the destiny is in his hands. He controls it. Well, but I think the point here is that, um, and I think this would go for the University of Utah as well. 
just their sustained level of success, the type of people that they've produced, people who have come through their program. Um, it, it's uh, it, there is a there's a pretty big net across football, college and NFL, people who are tied in some way, form or, or fashion to that program. Utah State hasn't had the 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 history of success like those other schools have had. Utah State's success has been more recent. And so there are people that are connected to Utah State. Um, there's some very successful people in football that have been connected to Utah State. But they're, you know, there are other places right now. Um, so there are big names that have come through, but are they at the level and coaching level and experience just because of the history of when Utah State's been successful and when they may point. be able to come back. That's a good it, it's just a different time for that. So, yeah, BYU has those connections because of a long history of Lavelle Edwards, who was always successful, and a lot of people came through there. Um, Bronco Mendenhall had success. Even Gary Croton had sometimes. People came through there, went to the next level, and were under him. So there, it, it's, it is different. You're right. BYU, Utah, they do have different connections um, because they've had a longer history of success with football. There was a long time there where it was it was pretty ugly for yeah, Utah State football. Slim Pickens. Yep, absolutely. Uh, 9315 text in, wouldn't Bobby Wagner be a huge name for a networking tie to USU? <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'd Case say in so. point. Yeah, I'd say but so. But that's only in the more recent. He's a current player. He's not in... In coaching right now, but uh, certainly he may have some recommendations of people. But you're right. If you want to look at the who is part of the Utah State coaching tree in successful seasons, because and this gets back to the discussion we had a while ago, because you, a successful Utah State coach isn't here for more than four years, it, it's hard to develop a, a, a big network because then they go off somewhere else. Matt Wells is the anomaly where he was here for six. By the way, uh, just to jump off target or subject, Matt Wells has tested positive for COVID-19. Yeah, we talked about that yesterday. Questionable to coach, and if he doesn't, then it's Keith Patterson. I'm surprised it's not David Yost being the uh, in, in Keith place. Keith Patterson? Coach. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it doesn't surprise me. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yost, great mind, but I don't know that I could see him being out in front of everybody – and you know, actually, leading when you bring the team. That up, yeah, actually, when we, I remember we, I think it was Al who asked him in a press conference two years ago. I was like, do you have any interest in being a head coach? I mean, because they were, these, this staff was on fire, right? And Yos is like, I never want to be a head coach. I am okay being the offensive coordinator, <laughs> yes. talking to you guys once a season. <laughs> it's just, it was a great question from Al. It was a great answer from Coach Yo. So, uh, we, we, but we do wish the best from Coach Wells. I uh, hope he's feeling okay and he's uh, he's all right. Um, this COVID thing is scary. Uh, again, speaking of which, Co- Coach Smith has tested positive twice, so he thought the first one might be a false positive. So went back and tested again, and it was another positive. So that um, his wife is locking him in the basement where he'll be watching the games, and he's trying to find a way to be able to buzz up to his wife when he needs a bag of Cheetos or something. He said. Well, he's got a boy who plays high school for yeah. Green Canyon, so yeah. is he going to be available to play, or is he in? Contact tracing. Uh, no idea. He says he's been really good about staying away from people and and kind of keep him to himself. So, 
Uh, all right, let's go ahead and take a break. We are long overdue for a break, so we're going to take one right now. Uh, when we come back, we'll uh, wrap up the first hour for you and uh, get ready for hour number two. We'll talk Utah State men's basketball. They get ready for BYU tomorrow. We'll have our Friday Five Best. We'll have our Pick Six. And Utah Jazz Basketball has released the first half of their schedule. We'll talk to you guys about what it's like, and we'd love to continue to hear from you about Utah State football, coaching, search, and more. Always, always love hearing from our listeners. 435-339-0321. If you want to talk Utah State football, basketball, or just have any questions, about uh, anything regarding sports, we're happy to help. 435-339-0321. Talking the sports you care about. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. The Cash Valley Food Pantry, excuse me, the Cash Food Pantry needs our help. There is a food drive tomorrow between 9 and noon at the pantry location with 359 South Main in Logan. There is specific need this week for baking supplies. Also, cash donations go a long ways. The food pantry can turn your $1 donation into a $4 into $4 with their buying power. You can check your radio station's website and social media or for a QR code to scan and make a Venmo donation. Uh, during this holiday season, please go help out the cash food pantry. Again, that's at 359 South Main. In Logan, Eric France and Audrey South here on the Full Court Press, wrapping up hour number one, getting ready to, getting you, can't do it, getting you ready for hour number two. Hey, really quickly, we got about 90 seconds left. I, I, the conversation we just had off air, I loved what you were saying about, because as much as like a Graham Harrell might be a great fit offensively, I feel like our defense still needs to have a major focus on it because they have been just getting gashed by everybody they see. Right. Yeah. Gary Anderson, first. Uh, iteration, he got the defense to an elite level. It was a very, very high level defense. Uh, Matt, even though he was an offensive minded guy, he knew the importance of having a strong defense. And uh, there were times Utah State defensively under him was also really strong. Um, so it's important that there is a, a defensive element to this. But uh, in the end, I think what, uh, when you read between the lines with what John Hartwell had to say about the interview process, he wants somebody who can come in and score points and uh, get Utah State to be an exciting brand of football, and you do that mostly by scoring touchdowns from far away. Coming up in the second hour of the Full Court Press, Eric and I will get you ready for Utah State-BYU basketball tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. Uh, game is not going to be on national television, not even KJAZ or BYU TV, so don't look there. Or AT&T Sportsnet. Or AT t Sportsnet. We'll also have our pick six for you. I still owe you, by the way. Yeah, yes, you do. <laughs> I do. Uh, we'll also have our Friday Five Best, the five best Aggie performances versus the Cougars in their Utah State men's basketball history. All coming up on the Full Court Press. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Move over Michigan, Ohio State. Step down Auburn, Alabama. Take a seat, Texas, Oklahoma. As the high schools, if it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. It is the Full Court Press 501 here on a Friday. You've made it to Friday. Eric is uh, probably the most grateful one out of anybody right now that we are at a Friday. You doing okay? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm so I will be so happy when I wake up tomorrow morning in your own bed with 
nothing to do. It's Saturday morning, and then the it's wife. My wife's birthday tomorrow. Oh yeah, I'm excited for yeah, that. Well, are you though? And the week that's been will have been behind me. The week that it's been. Yes, and then uh, I could just celebrate with my wife and. What are you guys going to do? Stuff as a family. She asked if I come over for cake and ice cream. Uh, she Facebooked me. I uh, I said, well, do we need to ask Eric? And she said, no, we're good. Just come on over. So uh, I might be coming over a little bit of cake and ice cream. I'm excited to celebrate the birthday with you guys. And yeah, it'll be awesome. Kid with gluten-free? Happy birthday, Mama Francis. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Kidding me? Uh. Four three five three three nine zero three two one. What a bunch of great text messages we got in the first hour. Talking Utah State Aggie football. Aggies fall to the Air Force Falcons, thirty-five to seven. They get ready for Colorado State next Saturday night in the finale for the season. Mercifully, I guess you could say, for the Aggies, uh, seven thirty at night uh, in Colorado State. So uh, that'll be. Uh, it's a tough way to end the season, right there, if you ask me. Um. And then, and then we go to a coaching change, uh, a new era. Uh, well, n- yeah, no matter what, it, there's going to be a change. Either the interim tag is taken off of Frank Miley and he assembles a staff, or John Hartwell decides to move in a different direction. Look, I'd love to keep Frank. I would. I adore Frank. I think he's a great guy. Um, he's a good coach. He has passion for the university. He has passion for the job. Uh, he has passion for uh, you know for the univer- uh, for the kids for the game. Um, but I I feel like last night's game kind of or maybe did him in uh, fourth and inches at midfield. He punts it. Um, just I mean there's a there wasn't a lot of fight coming out of the locker room in the second half. And that's where we're at. Uh, two seven seven six text in. <laughs> this is a great text. I play hockey with three AFA grads. Text talking smack after the first drive. I now have to buy beer in the next game. Should have you should have known two seven seven six. You should have known. You were warned from the previous four games. Well, look, you and I were optimistic. That Utah State yeah, I know. would keep it close I and and win. Really optimistic. Um, Vegas odds makers had Air Force by ten. I don't think anybody saw coming what we saw last night. No, no, that's a good point. I mean, we did get a few predictions that had a pretty wide margin. So I won't say nobody saw it coming, but it was it's frustrating. Uh, really quickly, Region 11 basketball update. Skyview uh, <laughs> playing uh, Desert Hills, 48-41. Desert Hills leads at going into the final eight minutes of the game. 2776. I often write checks I can't cash. It's funny because I do the same thing with Eric and pick six. <clears throat> still wait. I still can't. Oh, stop it. I never have to wait a week and a half to two weeks for my gift. <laughs> yeah, Stop true. it. I'm not exactly one to <laughs> criticize. Uh, so, yeah, well, let's put a cap on the football. In fact, I'll tell you this. Listeners, if you want to continue to talk football or talk coaching search, more than happy to do so. Just let us know the topic you want to hit, 435-339-0321. Again, 435-339-0321. Or you can text straight in through the mobile app uh, and, and, and join in that way. Uh, would love to hear from you if you have any questions, thoughts, concerns, whatever, uh, about this football season, about the football team, and about the new head coaching search, which is uh, it should be concluded within the next week and a half, give or take, uh, of, of who they're looking for. So 
We'll uh, keep you up to date as soon as we hear things or whatever. There's plenty of rumors going around, but uh, you never know. You absolutely never know. So let's go ahead and go from the gridiron to the hardwood. Aggies, Cougars, men's basketball tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. BYU 3-1 on the season. Aggies are currently 1-2. and two. Uh, as they went to South Dakota, lost the first two to West, not West Virginia, uh, VCU, VCU, Virginia and, uh, Commonwealth, South Dakota State, uh, and then they beat Northern Iowa. So they're one and two going into tomorrow night's game with the Cougars. Couple uh, tidbits on this: we're gonna bring it in some Craig Smith audio. Uh, is he'll be watching and coaching? Well, not really coaching, watching the game from home in his basement. Locked in there as he has been tested positive for COVID-19. BYU leads the all-time series. No surprise, 144-92. But the Aggies hold a 58-55 advantage in games played in Logan. Uh, This is the 237th meeting between the two schools. That's the longest in-state rivalry for the Aggies, dating back to 1905-06. Utah State's won 26 straight home openers and is 54-9 in home openers dating back to the 57-58 season. Uh, and then, of course, Raleigh Worcester. Uh, Worcester, I keep, Worcester. I keep calling him Worcester. It's Worcester. Worcester. Yep, it's Raleigh Worcester. Uh, it's, it's, Eric, for me, that is the guy who has shined so much in his first in the first three games. This guy, this kid's a freshman. Well, he certainly has been the most consistent newcomer. I'll, I'll say that's probably the best classification for him. I mean, there's a lot of newcomers on this team, but I think he's been the most consistent of that group. Um, And uh, I think he's worthy of starter minutes. I mean, the way that he plays, he's pretty consistent. He's not bashful. He doesn't back down. Yes, he needs more refinement. Maybe dribbles the ball a little too long. Yes, he does. Absolutely. But, you know, he's a a rookie at this level. He's got to – he'll have some growing pains. Um, But uh, he has been a nice – a nice bright spot for Utah State. I talked to somebody within inside the program, and I said, give me your thoughts, and this is after the South Dakota trip, give me your thoughts on Raleigh Wooster. And Eric, they told me, if he continues on this trend, he'll be one of the most special players ever to don a uniform in Aggie men's basketball history by the end of his senior year, that there could be records broken by Raleigh when it's all said and done, if he can continue on this upward trend. When I asked Coach Smith about putting too much on Raleigh's shoulders this early into the season, he said, hey, got to suck it up, especially for a kid of this talent. Well, he needs to. He's too good not to. You know, uh, I've never – it's always a fine line. You got to have realist – you got to have – you get what you tolerate. So we have high expectations, obviously, in our program – very high expectations for all of our guys in our program. Um, Raleigh's got poise and composure, poise and composure, and um, beyond his well beyond his years. And so, if he needs to play 38 minutes a night like he did against Northern Iowa, then that's what we'll do because we're interested in playing guys that affect winning. And it doesn't matter how high you jump, how fast you run, how good you look. Uh, it's all about how do you affect winning, whether it's making the extra pass. Raleigh's our best screener on offense. Uh, he's the most consistent screener. He affects winning that way. He's an excellent defensive player. Uh, he plays with great pace. He gets us into our stuff. And so if we need to play him 40 minutes a night, that's what we'll do. 
because guys just aren't going to play just to play. You know, you got to earn that merit. Currently, Raleigh Wooster has 36 points over the first three games of the season. In fact, that's the most points by a true freshman over the first three games since Kobe McEwen scored 45 during the 2016-17 season. That's impressive. Oh, my goodness gracious. Wow. It's a good start. Hey, I, It's a good it, start. Is the weakness the dribbling part for Raleigh right now? Is there something else you want to see improve, whether it's in the offensive or defensive part of the game? Um, I, I think that, I mean, he's physically for an incoming freshman. I'm impressed. He doesn't look like some wiry kid who just got off the bus. Um, but he, uh, you know, just get understanding the speed of the game at this level. He'll get there. Um, but yeah, just be a little more decisive and understanding the offense, but it's, it's, it's new. I mean, new players, new system. They're all trying to figure each other out. This coaching staff is trying to figure out who they have, what they have. So it's going to take a second. Uh, for Keta and Justin, we got to come up with a nickname for Bean and Keta. I mean, the two men down low, probably best one-two punch in the in the front court in the conference. And we don't have a nickname for them. It's a shame on us. Keta leads the Aggies in scoring, rebounding, assist, and blocks in the game against South Dakota State. He finished the game with 12 points, 8 boards, 3 assists, and 3 blocks. Justin Bean averaged 11, just under 12 points and 10.5 rebounds per game a season ago. He's the first Aggie to average a double-double in a season since Mike Santos averaged 18 and 11 per game during the 76-77 season. Now, both of them have each logged a double-double of 15 and 10 in that uh, win over Northern Iowa. Keta, excuse me, Keta led the team with two double doubles this season, and both were named to third team All Mountain West Conference, respectively, in 1920 season. Were both named to the Mountain West All Defensive Team. Eric, uh, Eric, I feel like one of the biggest keys in matchups tomorrow is going to be Harms versus Keta. The former Purdue Cat, now transferred to BYU, is a monster to guard. Great from the perimeter, great control of his body. Does a good job of taking care of the ball. Keta's going to have his hands full. And when Al actually asked Keta about this matchup, uh, Coach Smith was high, was quick to praise Harms, but also felt like Keta can hold his own too. Uh, you know, it's going to be a great battle. Obviously, Harms uh, played at Purdue and was very, very a very good player there and had a lot of opportunities as a grad transfer to go different places. And, you know, he's a little legitimate 7-3, runs well. Very skilled. Um, I don't know this for sure, but watching their games, it sounded like he had an ankle injury and missed the first two games. And then he played limited minutes against um, Utah Valley and and certainly you know had some time in their last two games. So he's very skilled, can do a lot of different things, certainly provides um, rim protection for them with his length and mobility. And then obviously Keita, uh, I feel like has played very well for us, definitely – um, looks different than he has the first two years. He has to be a force for us on both ends of the floor. Uh, you know, the other day, got to the line 11 times, made nine free throws, um, been right around that double-double mark uh, each game, played a few less minutes the one game just because um, it was kind of out of hand and you play three games in three days. But he's been a force for us. He's been a great upperclassman for us. He showed up to play. Every night he's playing with great energy and great force, and that's going to be a, 
a heck of a battle between two very good players. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that matchup a lot, Eric. Again, uh, this Harms kid, he, he did very well at Purdue. Um, was not gun-shy about taking the ball and calling for the ball and, and being aggressive inside the paint. Um, might be one of, if not Keta's toughest matchups this season. Probably, yeah, probably the best big man he's going to face. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Um, I mean, I can't think that that there are a lot of really good big men in the Mountain West this year, uh, at least not returning guys that had a lot of experience a year ago. Um, but you're right. I think that is it's one of the key matchups. I think the other one is whomever's guarding Alex Barcelo. Mm. Um, he is lighting it up from beyond the arc. The Aggies are giving up a lot of three-point looks, allowing their opponents to shoot uh, open looks. So um, that that really has me concerned with that perimeter defense for Utah State. Yeah, I think the D... I, and Marco Anthony's got good size. And I, but I think just like Raleigh is, I think Marco's still kind of learning some things. Uh, Beristow has not looked like himself. He needs to be better. In fact, Alfonso and Beristow have really been slow to get going early. And in fact, Coach uh, Al actually asked uh, Coach Smith about Alfonso Anderson uh, and what he would like to see uh, what would he like to see better from Fonzo? And he doesn't just talk about Fonzo. He talks about the rest of the older guys, too. Well, we need more production out of Fonz, and he's been in a little bit of a funk. Um, you know, sometimes we – and it's, you know, and I it's not just Fonz. I, I would say those first two games, we had some returners. You know, our returners need to play like veterans. And as a whole, and there were moments – but we lack some consistency and a lot of breakdowns uh, on both ends of the floor, but in particular defensively um, with our upperclassmen. And you can go right down the line, whether it's Fonz or Justin Bean or uh, Brock Miller or Sean Barstow. And, you know, Marco has lacked some playing time, obviously, until the last three games. He is still an upperclassman, and he had some breakdowns, but I thought he kind of settled in um, – that last game especially, uh, as did our whole team. And so, um, you know, I think a lot of times when you're struggling, it's easy to try to do everything at one time instead of you just got to really simplify the game and keep – the game is hard enough. And, and when you start thinking of all these different things you got to get better at, I think it's important just to say, you know what, there's a guy open, let's just pass to the open guy. And then I'll go screen away. Or, you know what – Maybe I got to do a better job on the, on the glass, you know, and not trying to worry about X, Y, or Z. And uh, maybe I got to do a better job of communicating a switch out. Uh, maybe I got to do a better job just guarding the ball. And when everything becomes important, then nothing becomes important, and it's hard to hang your hat on, you know, what we need to do. And so uh, we need more production out of funds. We need more production out of all of our guys at the same time got a lot of new guys and you're trying to find your place in your in the offense and trying to find what your role is and sometimes that takes longer than than you want it to be now we remember last year when uh Fonz really did uh, he started but he wasn't great and then he had this big lull in the middle of the season and it lasted till the Mountain West Conference Tournament for him to finally kick it back into gear. He had a great conference tournament run, including back-to-back threes versus San Diego State, which uh, won it, the first one put it or cut the deficit to one. The second one gave him the lead. 
Uh, but Fonz needs to get being gets back to being that confident with swag, Alfonso Anderson. And if he can do that, it gives the Aggies a fighting chance here against a good Cougar squad. Again, who is three and one on the season? Now, speaking about the BYU Cougars and the defensive side of the ball, uh, what in fact, coach talked about it a couple of times about the three point and, and and how to deal with it. Obviously, they shoot really well. Does BYU? They they shot it well versus not only USC but uh, their win against New Orleans uh, and and uh, the other two games that they played in the Mohegan tournament. And so, coach talked a little bit about that. Uh, but in his opening statement, he talks about who BYU is and, and what kind of problem uh, BYU presents on the offensive side of the ball. Here's Coach's opening statement to open the presser. I didn't. Oh, I should have used this up first, but I didn't, so my bad. Great to see everybody. Um, we're excited for the week. It feels like it's been a long time since we played a game. Um, you know, you play three games in three days with a lot of new guys. I, I, I thought we got better, although there was a lot of ugliness in there. Uh, in particular, the last uh, game and a quarter or so. So uh, we're excited to play BYU. Obviously, they've gotten off to a great start. Um, they've already played five games as well. So um, two very different teams than what we saw last year. Uh, you know, they got a lot of new guys. Um, you know, in particular, grad transfers and junior college transfers. And we got a lot of new guys. Um that are playing. So uh, definitely it'll have a different feel than it's had the last two years, but I know our guys are excited to compete. We're excited for our home opener. Um, it's always great to play at home in the spectrum. So um, we've certainly have had some time to tighten some things up and we've had plenty to tighten up um, on both sides of the ball. And so hopefully that'll um, hopefully we'll be able to do some things a lot better than we did last week. Although I thought we really, responded in a great way against Northern Iowa. I thought our energy was really, really good. Uh, I thought our communication was fantastic. I thought we defended at a very, very high level and then really found our rhythm finally in that second half um, where we shot, what, I think over over 55%, I believe, in the second half. And so hopefully we can continue that momentum forward until um, Saturday's game. Again, Coach Smith did test positive for COVID-19. So, we asked him, A, how is he feeling, uh, and B, who, who is infected, and C, who will be coaching the game. So let's go to the first uh, to coach how he feels and, uh, and uh, if he's feeling any uh, symptoms at all uh, and if he's going to be ready to coach from his chair at home in the basement of the uh, Smith Mansion. I, I feel fantastic. I feel great. Uh, you know, it's always a um... – you know, it's been eight, nine months or whatever since Corona that we've known in America, and it's affected so many families in so many different ways. And, um, you know, I feel very fortunate, knock on wood, as of today, I feel, I feel dynamite. I mean, um, I mean, I feel like I'm asymptomatic. I, 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 feel, I, I feel great. I have high energy and, and, and feel really good. I, you know, I was obviously when um, we tested positive, um, it was a bit of a shocker. Uh, I, I've, just, I've, I've been in self-quarantine essentially for, I don't know, a month now. Um, you know, obviously I have four kids and a wife and there's a lot going on. And, you know, I haven't eaten out at a restaurant, haven't been to a public place, haven't even went through a drive-thru, uh, wear a mask, wash my hands religiously, been away from my family 
essentially living right where you can see in the background in our basement. And um, so I was very surprised and then went and got tested again right away and uh, tested positive twice. So then you, you know, so um, because that's the first thought you go through your mind is maybe it was a false positive. Right. You know, um, but when it happens twice, you probably got it and um, just been hunkered up like I have been for three or four weeks in, in the basement. So I feel very fortunate to feel good. Hopefully, like I said, hopefully that continues. Hopefully it doesn't, you know, spread to anybody else. And, um, and you just got to deal with what you have. It's, all, it's, a, it's a difficult time for everybody. I mean, we're doing Zoom calls instead of meeting in person. And um, so many people have been affected in so many different ways. And personally, I just I feel very fortunate this way. And hopefully everybody stays safe out there. Again, so he tested on Monday, was positive, said, I want to go back and test again. Tested again, and he was positive. And that was kind of when the red light hit, and they said, all right, well, then he's got to go quarantine. And so he's he's out for tomorrow's game, and he's out for Tuesday's game. Let's make that first clear. So who will be coaching? Uh, there it is. Oh, sorry, i gotta, I got to find it now where it is. Uh, there we go. On the... Who will be coaching to take Coach Smith's place while he's not available for those two games? Answer? Yeah, yesterday we, uh, we were off Wednesday. Yesterday we did it with a Zoom call. And, or I don't want to say Zoom, but um, I, I suck with tech. I, I don't know if it was a Zoom call or <laughs> they recorded it and somehow it came to my computer and, you know, I was able to watch it on the on on my television. And so you're watching and you're – participating to some extent, but it's just different, you know, and it's a fine line of, I don't want to say too involved, but you know, the bottom line is I won't be there for the next two games. And, and so Eric Peterson is going to be in charge, so to speak. Austin Hansen has the scout for BYU, just like he has the last two years. And, um, you know, we have a fantastic staff. I've always said, and I know we said this in the press release, but been at this is my 10th year being a head coach, and whether I was at Mayville State or South Dakota or Utah State, we've always said, you know, you never know what the future holds. And whether I'm here or not, like this program can't miss a beat. And it's always been led by the players. And so the way we operate, the way we do things shouldn't change just because I'm 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 not here. And I know it's like maybe that's a little bit coaches speak, but that's the facts, and that's what We've talked about this countless times, you know, in our program, it's shared, um, shared ownership, shared suffering, and in the end, shared glory. And I think we've been able to prove that over the course of time and, um, and nothing changes. We move full steam ahead. Our guys are in great hands with the staff that we have, the continuity in our program, and those guys are very smart uh, basketball minds. So again, Coach Pearson will be taking over for tomorrow's game, though Austin Hansen has a scouting report for uh, Tuesday versus College of Idaho. You might see him roaming the sidelines. And then Smith is hoping to be back on Wednesday, right? Middle of the week, I believe, is what they're hoping for uh, since he uh, since he's going to be out with COVID. He's hoping to be back by Wednesday. That'll be getting him back in time for the Weber State game at Weber State on Saturday afternoon at 2 o'clock. 
So for coach, he has never missed a game as a head coach. No. Nope. I've never missed a game as a head coach. I've missed a couple games. You know, I've been doing this 25 years. This is year 10 as a head coach. I've missed a couple games as an assistant just being gone recruiting. And I guess I missed one when my daughter was born um, at Fresno State when I was at Colorado State. So, you know, that's why, I, you know, it's not lip service when you say you surround yourself with great people and, and great things happen. And, and like I said, we have a great coaching staff and, and we've had great continuity, you know, as a coaching staff. And when you look at Eric and Austin, we've worked, this is, our, this is year seven together. And that's, I think, a big thing that um, maybe gets overlooked by a lot of people. Continuity in a coaching staff makes a huge, huge difference in terms of philosophy. And when you truly are, I know culture maybe gets overused a little bit, but understanding what we do and how we do it and the way we go about things and, um, you know, they'll do a fantastic job. I know I was asked right away, well, do we want to play? And it's like, of course we want to play. Like, let's roll. These are the types of games that your guys dream of playing in and um, they always look back on these types of games. So we're just, we feel very fortunate that we're able to play. And then, of course, Coach is going to be all alone in his basement watching the basketball game. I'm definitely alone in the basement. My wife doesn't like, she doesn't want me around anybody, which, I mean, I haven't really been around anybody anyway. Um, but I did always make my own, well, not always. But if I was hungry for a sandwich, I'd go get a sandwich. I can't do that. It's kind of nice, though. I need to get a buzzer, like, just so, like, Hey, uh, Darius, can I get some Cheetos or <laughs> something? But for the game, um, for the game, I will um, be watching in my basement. That's that's tough for Coach Smith to have to sit in his own basement and to watch this basketball game. So for Coach, who's always high energy, dynamite kind of guy, COVID or not, what is it going to be like not being able to coach? on the sideline versus an in-state rival? Well, you put a lot of time and energy into things. And, you know, when you're passionate about what you do and it's something you love to do, you know, that's hard. Obviously, you, you have an off-season like we had and you finally get to – you put all that time in with practice. And, you know, especially when you have a young team, you know, and you, you just you, – you don't want to miss a beat. But we've all known this could be reality this year. You, you, you know, that's why I was in self – essentially a self-quarantine because I didn't want to have to miss a thing, you know, for a lot of reasons. And so you, you miss out on, you know, I haven't been going to my daughter's basketball games. You know, I went to one, I think in early or mid September and I sat outside and watched it in the hallway and didn't even go in the gym. So you, you miss out on some things with your family and maybe, maybe some gatherings that other people that are your friends, Hey, come on over for that. No, I, I can't do that. You know, and like I said earlier, regardless of what you think, like I had to, you try to take yourself out of that equation the best that you can because you want to be there for the guys. So, but at the end of the this isn't about me. This is about our guys being the best that they can be. Keep on improving. I think this team's going to get better and better every day out, every game out. I know they're super excited to be playing BYU and, and be playing them at home. It, this game means a lot. You know, we've lost eight straight times to these guys. Um, uh, from the day I got hired, the, you know, uh, people bring up the rivalry and 
I've always said it, it, it's hard to be a rivalry if, if one part of the rivalry isn't doing their part. And honestly, we haven't, we haven't been keeping our end of the rivalry going in this thing, losing eight straight. And we got to, uh, we got to find. We had a heck of a game last year in the um, in Vivint Arena. Came down to the last minute. A lot of ups and downs. And so we got to find a way to come out and play great basketball against a very good team. And hopefully, we'll find a way to win the game. Really quickly before we go to break, we all saw the big court question was who else was infected by the virus? Answer: Nobody. Um, nobody else got affected. Um, um, I got to think about that for a second. <laughs> Uh, I believe I'll be back the middle of next week. And so I can't remember if it's Wednesday or Thursday, but, and again, this isn't a hundred percent. I'm not the athletic trainer. I'm not the, but I'm pretty sure it'll be the middle of next week. And I'm pretty sure, obviously I know I'll miss the BYU game and I'm pretty sure I'll miss the game on Tuesday as well that we just, just got finalized. So Carl Smith, uh, who's a big fan of our show has listened in on our show and has joined our show. Uh, if you are listening right now, you're good to have Coach Smith back by Wednesday. Just send us a text and confirm it for us. That'd be great. <laughs> no, this is you doing that secret thing. Your clairvoyancy. Shut up. Stop it. How you made the Tuesday <laughs> game come into existence. <laughs> so when I said that, I was like, oh, fetch. I should Like, shouldn't. Tuesday game? What is this mystery Tuesday <laughs> the game? The look you gave me was like, oh, wait, what? Uh, no. No, I said Saturday. That's what I meant. Uh, so, again, Coach Smith will be watching it from the basement of his home. Uh, nobody will be around. And it sounds like he followed all protocols as were given. Like, he said he watched his daughter's game from a hallway, uh, didn't go inside the gym. He's been avoiding with respect and love his kids and wife. Uh, he has been staying away. He's been wearing a mask. He's been, he's been so vigilant in this protocol, yet he tested positive for COVID-19, which comes for me to tell you as we go to break, Please be safe. Individual freedom is important and rule of law protects that law of freedom. Laws are put into place to protect all of us. That's why we have traffic lights, speed limits, and seatbelts, and that's why we now have mask mandate. You can stay informed on the coronavirus at coronavirusutah, excuse me, coronavirus.utah.gov. Please be safe, be smart, uh, social distance, wear your mask, and help all of us have a chance to celebrate the holiday. Uh, 9315 texts in after hearing Coach Smith that just reconfirmed that he is the right guy for USU basketball he has done all the right things in COVID so we can win BYU and how cool would it be if they win it for Smith Wait, okay let me ask you and that would be cool I hope Coach Smith isn't listening to the show but you, you haven't beat him twice and then Eric Peterson goes to the sideline he's in charge and then Aggies beat BYU uh, 6294 also texts in, what channel will Coach be watching on? So, oh, shoot, that's a great question. Uh, he answered that. He said he's going to try and find a stream, but he but there's a delay. so And it's about a minute to minute 15 behind. So he isn't going to be able to see anything real time, which he's kind of bugged by. He actually is really annoyed by that I won't, uh, he won't be able to see it uh, in, in its live action form. But it'll give him a chance to, to react uh, hopefully they'll keep all throwing objects uh, objects away from him, uh, but I'm sure he'll still be doing his defensive stance right there in the middle of the basement on his big screen watching the Aggies take on the Cougars tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. You can get pregame here at 6 o'clock or 6.30. Tip-off. What time is tip-off? 7. 
Yeah, it's a full one-hour pregame. Okay, so full one-hour pregame. Uh, Al Lewis gives it uh, proper due and a one full one-hour pregame, and then a full hour plus postgame with Jalen Moore. Will be on. It's it's always good. Jalen Moore has really good insight. I love Jam. Yeah, so it's uh, definitely worth paying attention to and tuning into on uh, Saturday night. All right, let's take a break. Coming back, uh, let's get to our pick six. Yeah, I got pick six and Friday, Friday five, five best. best. It's all coming up here on the Full Court Press. News analysis and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. It is the Full Court Press on 106 on FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. <laughs> I love, I don't know. Uh, by the way, a Skyview had a, a game yesterday where they had a huge second half. They were down early, and they had a huge second half, came from behind, and beat Pineview. Today, a different story. Uh, they were uh, up a little bit, and then Desert Hills closed the door on them. Desert Hills beats Skyview 65-61 to down in southern Utah. Uh, Ridgeline and Pineview getting set to tip off here within the next 10 minutes or so, and that will be on 104.5 The Ranch. Our good friend Dave Simmons, he's down there. He'll be calling the game for the Riverhawks, and uh, if you want to listen to that game, I, I would wager he's already into his pregame, so That'll be on 104.5 The Ranch if you want to tune in. It's also on the uh, the 104 The Ranch mobile app if you want to tune in to follow along the uh, Ridgeline Riverhawks. Aggies, Cougars, tomorrow 7 o'clock. Uh, Eric, read that text message. Should we dive into it? Can the ringmaster stream it live on his phone you to Smith? son of a biscuit. <laughs> I that, hate that <laughs> <laughs> that was what was on my screen when I went back. That's from 93150737. Nine, Twitter rumors, and remember, it's Twitter, are swirling around about Harold as the new head coach. Any thoughts? Well, first, they're just, there are rumors. There are rumors. I haven't seen anything that's coming from a real credible source on that. Um, you know, uh, we were talking about this last hour. Um, you, if, he, if that is the case, Graham Harrell currently the offensive coordinator at USC. That's a that's a significant name. Uh, a guy who uh, you get an assistant from the Pac-12. Last time Utah State took a, an assistant from the Pac-12, it worked okay. Um, that was uh, Gary Anderson. Uh, the time before that, it didn't work out that great because it was the defensive coordinator from Arizona State named Brent Guy. But, um, you know, air raid type offense. It's what they uh, wanted it to do. They wanted to open up the offensive scheme at USC. He was brought there to do that. He has experience at Washington State and Texas Tech. Um, certainly, Yost uh, really got things opened up at Utah State offensively, and Aggies were scoring in bunches, and it was exciting. It was fun to watch. Um, uh, my hope would be that if that's the case, that he you know, finds somebody that can anchor the defense. Um, it looks like if that's also the case that he is, that that's the direction that it's headed, Frank Miley is probably going to be out. But 
Again, these are rumors. Nothing real is substantiated. 2776, it's not official until Football Scoop says it's official. It's <laughs> 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 good. Uh, yeah, look, we talked about Graham Harrell in the first hour uh, and just kind of what he brings. It's an air raid type offense, run and gun. You're going at Mach 9, hair on fire pace with the offense. But again, it's the defense that I'm worried about, too. you got to be able to balance it out because the defense needs a lot of help, Eric. And I'm not sure what guys return. I'm not sure if I mean, Nick Henniger, I don't think he returns. Shaq Bond, I, I hope, will return. We're not sure what he'll do. Uh, Jordan Nathan's working on his master's degree, uh, and he's well on his way to achieving that. So uh, I, I just don't know what the defensive side of the ball is going to look like um, and how much it's going to affect him. Save on Scarver as well. We'll probably enter the draft, I would imagine. Um, so a lot well, of questions. Who quest- knows? I mean, who knows? Yeah. So many unknowns. Which, by the way, is the reason why they didn't do senior night. Yes, like they didn't honor the seniors for because they don't know who's coming back. What uh-huh. discussions I didn't you even have to think have. about that. Yeah, that's that's the reason why. That's they, right. They had to. It, they, it normally would have been a senior night. They had to wait though because again, some players might be coming back. We don't know what kind of discussions they'd be having with who. So that's that's why there is no honorary of the senior night. So we'll uh, we'll stay tuned, but. Uh, Rumors, again, capital R, capital U, M-O-R-S, underlined, bold, and italicized rumors is that Graham Harrell will be the next coach of Utah State. He, uh, see. Uh, currently, according to NCAA statistics, uh, this was last updated November 19th, so it's not real current. Um. No, that's not true. I mean, this says BYU's played eight games, so it's been more current than November 19th. But uh, it says that USC is currently ranked as the number nine offense in the country. Wow. About a little under 530 yards a game. Really? Can this offense or what they bring in, can it achieve... That high air raid. But that was through two games. There's one more game that's not factored in here. So the what I'm looking at is not up to date. I'm going to see if I can find something more current. Uh, while you're looking at that, I, I've got to ask you, can this offense achieve those high air raid numbers that they're going to need under a high air raid coach like Graham Harrell? I mean, I just feel like we don't have the beef for that. Look, it, it's... And we're losing talent, by the way, going into next season. Right. It's about – you can have an, a philosophical idea, but if you don't have the tools to make it work. So that's that's the question. I don't know. Uh, so through three games, USC is putting up 470 yards per game on average. Uh, 9315, do you think Andrew could be a high – uh I guess be productive under a high area coach. Yes, I do. I think Andrew Peasley's a good quarterback. Just needs some help. He needs a little bit of, and I, you saw some development. And I, 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 even yesterday, like his line was horrible yesterday. His offensive line was a joke. I mean, he was running for his life. Now he did make the mistake towards the end of the half by scrambling for too long and then throwing a duck that was picked off instead of just getting rid of it, giving your chance for a kicker to kick for three. Uh, but for the most part, I thought Andrew was okay yesterday. Um, I, someone like Graham Harrell definitely elevates his productivity and his skill set to coach him. 
Well, I think he certainly would have the pedigree to, to coach him up properly. Um, but uh, again, these, these are, there are, as they said, rumors that are swirling. <laughs> there were rumors swirling a few years ago about where things were headed and it, it did not go in that direction. So uh, I'm, I'm going to pause on weighing in too much. Um, yes, Hurricane John Newbold, you tweeted at me and I've seen it as well, but. I I actually I have I have four DMs in my Twitter right now. Do you want to know what they're asking about? <laughs> Is this true? Uh, he says I nine three one five. I think Cooper would fit right in on air raid. He would. Yeah, I think Peasley's still the better quarterback right now, Maybe. based on experience. I, I was a little surprised we didn't see Cooper last me too. night. I thought, in fact, he was warming up on the sideline. But uh, as the more I thought about it, you know, Andrew Peasley just really hasn't had a lot of D one experience. Yeah. So. He needs to get as much experience as possible. Uh, that's that's the only way he's going to grow and be a better quarterback for Utah State in the future is to play more minutes, have more reps, make more throws. Uh, all right, we got to... Holy crap, yeah, we got to take a break right now. Uh, we'll, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to skip Friday Five Best and just go straight to pick six is what we're going to do today. We still don't have enough time. I can, uh, I can do my... Friday Five Best in a quick, very quick summary. We'll do that after the break. Let's do that. Super quick Friday Five Best brought to you by Eric Franson. It's all coming up. <laughs> it's the Full Court Press. Weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Little court press, Eric France and Aljay Salveson. Ridgeline Basketball get, is uh, about to get underway here. Skyview Basketball just about to finish up their game. Mountain Crescent. No, Skyview's done. Skyview's their done. Their game's over. They the lost. The game's over. They lost. Ridgeline is underway right now. Sources are saying that Skyview lost, and sources are telling us that uh, Ridgeline is getting underway. So <laughs> A lot of sources saying things. Oh, t- today, yes. Uh, hey, Friday Five Best, let's get through this one really quickly on your end. I'm going to have you do it. Uh, just let me say this real quickly. Um, there was a period of time there with Stu Morrill. Utah State was 7-4 and four against BYU. Wait, he had a winning record at one point? That was between two, the 2001-2002 season through the 11-12 season. Uh, and that included four in a row. Since then, though, BYU has beaten the Aggies eight straight times. Utah State has really struggled against BYU. Uh, just uh, Nate Harris has had some tremendous games against the Cougars in the past. A 26-point outing in 04, 27-point outing in 05. Uh, Jared Quayle's had some great ones. Brock Keith Payne had a great performance off the bench for the Aggies in 2011. But uh, th- this has been a difficult game, this difficult series uh, in more recent history for Utah State. And not having your head coach on the sidelines is just going to make it harder. Uh, let's let's get to our pick six. Pick my nose six. I uh, I still owe you a gift, and I'm sorry. Yes, you do. Oh, but do you have yours ready? Do you have your uh, pick six ready? I do have my pick six ready. All right, you... I'm going to have you start then. Oh, boo! Unless you're not ready, <laughs> then I will. I will lead out. I'm going to defer. I won the coin toss, and I'll defer. Well, I won the last week, so yeah, I get to choose. Okay, fine. I'll go. You ready? I am ready. Coastal Carolina, BYU, big one tomorrow night in regards to New Year's Six implications. 
The line is set at 10.5 for BYU. I'm going to move that up to 21.5. Over under, Eric. I'm going to take the under. I'm going to take the over. BYU 45, Coastal Carolina 10. This isn't even going to be close. This isn't even going to be a football game. Okay, what's your next one? Oh, shoot. This one was hard because I had a couple of games, and now I lost one of them, too. Uh, Let's go Alabama-LSU. Good old rivalry, but LSU is struggling. Alabama is favored by 29 and a half. I'm going to say, are you taking the over or under? Uh, I'm going to take the over. I am going to take the (laughs) under. That's pretty aggressive. I'm going to take the under. But LSU has really looked bad. Yeah, they have not looked defensively in every in every way, way shape, or form. They look bad. Okay. Uh, let's see. And then final one, Eric, is a, a good ball game tomorrow night. Well, not really a good ball game. Should be interesting though. Let's go Saints and Falcons. Taysom Hill, all-purpose yards, one hundred and fifty and a half over under. Uh, Taysom Hill, all-purpose yards, at how much? A hundred and fifty and a half. Uh, I'm going to take the over. I'm going to take the over as well. Okay. For me, uh, tomorrow between Utah State and BYU, Namish Keta blocks two and a half. Over or under? Over. I'm going to take the under. Uh, who, where, which game will score more points combined? San Jose at Hawaii or Fresno at Nevada? Ooh, good question. <sighs> Fresno and Nevada, but I'm not even confident. We got two minutes. I'm going to take Fresno and Nevada as well. And then final one for me, how many top 25 upsets will there be this weekend? I've said it at two and a half. You take the over or the under? What was the line? Two and a half. Upset. Oh, under. Under. I'm going to take the over. There's some pretty interesting matchups in my mind. And there could be some upsets. Uh, Tiebreaker. What will be the score between Utah State and BYU? I'm going to say 82-75, Utah State. Wow. Uh, I am going to say... I'm going to say 85-70, to 70, but for BYU. I worry about the Utah State defense and the three-point shooting from the Cougars. Hey, Eric, really quickly, got one minute left, but a great text message. If the rumors are true about Graham Harrell coming to Utah State, do you think that would bring in better recruits, especially from the state of California? Uh, probably. I would say yes. I don't know. I don't know what kind of a recruiter he is. Uh, I know he had some success at North Texas. Um, he was at Texas Tech. Uh, he was, he's been at USC now for a little while. Um, it's, a, it's a great recruiting pipeline that they have. They always get great talent at USC. They don't always turn them into champions, but they always get great talent. 
All right, for Eric Franson, I'm RJ Salveson. Aggies, Cougars, tomorrow night pregame at 6 o'clock. Game time at 7 o'clock uh, over on our KVNU sister station. And you'll go back for postgame to hear it with John Russell and Al Lewis. For Eric Franson, I'm RJ Salveson. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. We'll talk to you on a Monday.